right, I'd like to welcome everyone back to uh, Between the Tees. I'm your host, Denny Walters, and alongside with me is David Lutz. How's everybody doing today? Uh, finally back. We uh, missed last week due to a vacation that I decided to take. Uh, last one of the year before I get crazy with golf lessons. So uh, we headed to uh, Palm Springs, California, which was amazing. Uh, if you've never been to Palm Springs, California, if you are a golf enthusiast, I highly suggest going there. Um, you have to get there between uh, October and basically mid-April because uh, it gets really hot. It's in, it is in the desert. But the golf is, is just unbelievable, David. Mm. Uh, it just uh, – we played a, a course called the Mountain Course at La Quinta. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you saw any of the pictures I posted I on – uh, very on, enviously <laughs> on uh, Facebook, and I'll put those on our uh, podcast website or uh, Facebook page as well. Um, but the courses are just unbelievable. It's hard to put uh, into context or in words uh, what these courses look like, uh, and the shape of them was just unbelievable mm. as well. And we did play uh, TPC Stadium, so they did have a tournament there, a PJ Tour event there. I think three weeks prior to when we got there. Okay. And the course was just phenomenal. I've played it many a times uh, when I was younger. We were members out there when I was a kid. And uh, that course is so hard. Yeah. I will tell you, one of my students, uh, I'll give him a little shout-out, Brad Nowak. He shot one under on the back nine. Yeah, there we go, Brad. So good job to Brad. He did beat me. I'm not going to lie about it. Uh, <laughs> But he does practice way more than I do. <laughs> but uh, How many strokes did you have to give him? Uh, I'm not going to disclose that kind of information <laughs> over the waves of the internet. The interwebs. <laughs> but uh, if you do happen to uh, uh, looking for a golf uh, destination, uh, definitely check out Palm Springs. It, the weather is perfect every single day. Uh, it was 80 degrees every single day. Awesome. Um, it gets kind of boring because you just wake up. Play golf in 80-degree weather, go to sleep, wake up, play golf in 80-degree weather. Mm. And it's like that from October to April. So uh, definitely check out Palm Springs. If you do decide to take your family, I uh, there are tons of family uh, things that you can do there. Uh, it's not just golf. Uh, they do have this place called the Living Desert. Okay. Which uh, it's kind of like a zoo, but it's all open air. So you can kind of see bighorns up in the mountains that shows different styles of plants. It has an oasis, and it's all natural, so it's really, really neat place uh, to go. I actually took my kids there one time, and they thought it was really, really neat. And they also yeah. have a tram down in downtown Palm Springs that takes you up a mountain. Oh, okay. And they have a restaurant up there, and you can do some hiking and things like that. There's a Joshua Tree National Park that's right outside Palm Springs. There's just a lot to do there, and the food out there is phenomenal. Yeah. I will say uh, it's not cheap. Uh, mm -hmm. It is expensive, but every dime that you spend there is worth it. Where would, to kind of keep on the same subject of, you know, a golfing vacation, where would you say is the best but also reasonably priced golf trip area? I would probably say kind of like the Myrtle Beach area yeah. is probably, um, on, a, on a whole, mm -hmm. you're going to find uh, cheaper rates there. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're still going to have your harbor towns and you're going to have your, 
your higher end Pinehurst uh, is obviously right. out that way too. Right. right. But there's just so many golf courses out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's I think in Palm Springs there's over 300 golf courses in the wow. Palm Springs area. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and they've got some cheaper uh, courses that you can play while you're out there. They're all in phenomenal shape. But you will spend like uh, $240 to play for, a uh, time. for TPC Stadium Golf Course oh, yeah. or uh, you know, a little over $200 for the Mountain Golf mm-hmm. Course. But you get what you pay for. Right. Right. So right. the views that you get to see, the, the golf it's course. Astonishing. In, yeah, the golf course in general is just, it's just, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So uh, definitely, if you have a chance to get out there, I would definitely make a golf trip out there. Wonderful. Um, so, yeah, that was, uh, that was my trip. It was very short. It was only four days, but uh, we had a blast and uh Glad I was able to get some rounds of golf in before uh, teaching just gets consuming. Insanity Insanity is a very good word. So uh, on that note, we're going to do a little bit of a recap on the tour this weekend. They played uh, over at Bay Hill, and apparently it was very difficult. Yeah, Uh, to say the least. Just by looking at the rounds, uh, the scores, I mean, four under won it this year. Good job, Hatton. Mm. And uh, it's it's pretty insane. He shot uh, two over <laughs> on the uh, final round to win it. So that just shows you. And I know it was super windy there. And it, and when it gets windy like that, it's very hard to control ball uh, flight, yeah. ball direction, uh, and kind of gets those guys out of their elements a little bit. Right. But I think this might be the highest I've seen these guys shoot at that at Bay Hill in quite a while. Well, yeah, not only that, um, it, I think it kind of, the course setup being what it was, I think that lends more credence to the conversations that we've had about the, the quote-unquote distance issue with golf. You know, a lot of these guys could bomb the ball, like you and I were talking about before we started recording, about Rory's line that he took on one of the par fours where had he hit the ball where he intended to hit it, he would have driven the green on a 340-yard carry over water. Right. But, you know, because the wind was there, because the rough was a little thicker, wind pushed him out, pushed him into the rough, and he got a double on that hole. You know, so I think the course setup, I prefer – I mean, I'm not I'm not for the bogey fests. I want a little chaos. I, right. I, I want it to be, you know, five under, four under, yeah, ten, ten – under par, I think, is the most I ever want to see, mm-hmm. like a major golf tournament played at. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of brings these guys, for the viewers, it shows them that uh, they are human. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, you know, with we've kind of discussed this um, last episode is about a little bit of the architecture. And Bay Hill is a little bit older version. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot tighter. Yes. So, uh, but so when it does get windy, that course really just gets extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like I said, I've always been an advocate of more accuracy than, than bombing it. Leave it the bombing to the long drive championship guys. Right. For sure. Not necessarily uh, tour guys. Now they're going to hit it 300 
30, 46 yards at Roy did, but uh, he hit it 346 yards, but he made a double. Right, exactly. Right? So right. that distance didn't do anything for him. Yes, the wind pushed it off to the right. Yes, he mm-hmm. got in the rough. Mm-hmm. So on and so forth. But I bet if he were to replay that hole, it wouldn't surprise me if he would have hit an iron off the tee, hit an iron onto the green, and made birdie. For sure. But, sure. you know, you get that stuff gets in your head that Wynn was probably driving really solid uh, right into that green, and he thought he could make it. Mm-hmm. And if he would have actually hit his intended line, he probably would have made it. But uh, that's that's part of golf and trying to be a little heroic, trying to make that, that bigger shot. If it works. Yeah. Do you have the cojones to do it? I, not me. No. Not me. Not, not that one. Not that one. No. If it's like 220, yes. <laughs> right. So, uh, but no, it was a good tournament. Um, like the fact that they, you know, that they did struggle a little bit, but uh, they still played good golf. I mm-hmm. mean, the average guy probably would have shot a lot higher. So, oh yeah. So kudos to those guys for uh, playing hard, grinding through it, and congrats to Hatton for for sure for winning. He Hatton is the type of golfer that I wish they could keep or have mic'd up the entire time. He's always talking. He's always saying something not necessarily interesting, but at least something funny. Right. Um, you know, he was flipping the bird to the water once he hit it into the water. It's like, <laughs> oh, you're the one who took that line, buddy. But still. Yeah, be it would be interesting, interesting. if they would. Uh, and they might, but I don't think they do it very often. But I think yeah. it would be cool if they would mic up somebody once per tournament. Right. Or have three or four guys mic'd up. For sure. Just to, you know, and they can always edit it out. Right. You know, Somebody interesting. Right. I don't know if I would want Patrick Reed. Or like Bryson (laughs) talking about a, you know, 1% grade, one direction. I don't really care, but. That was 40 40 degrees to the right of my intended swing plane. Bring out my compass and find my location. But uh, even those courses out in California, uh, when when I played them a long time ago, they were very, very tight with junk all over the place. Um, they're not that long. Uh, I believe the TPC Stadium is only 7,200, which when I say only 7,200, right. <laughs> most it's courses now long. that they're playing on are 75. There was actually a 250-yard par 3 over water. Uh, we didn't play it from that far away. but um, And even the tour guys didn't even play it from back there. Yeah, But uh, – kind of goes back to it where those even those courses are designed for accuracy and not distance Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i think we're going to start seeing that trend again um as we start getting uh more golf courses built in the future yeah Uh, i think like taller grasses and uh trees will be a little bit more thinned out but the fairways will be narrower Yeah. yeah we're just losing real estate oh yeah so on that note, uh, you told me some very interesting things uh, before we we got on air, mm-hmm. and I want you to kind of dive into it. Some about ESPN Plus and Disney and PGA <laughs> Tour, and they're making a Disney movie now of the PGA yeah, Tour. Yeah, I don't not, think they're doing not that. Quite that. Not quite but, that. Not uh, that. So what's going on with that? So um, a bunch of the podcasts and the people that I follow um, who discuss the PGA Tour and golf as a whole. Um, they'd been talking about where the PGA Tour had been in discussions on the uh, media rights deals um, and who's going to basically be broadcasting the thing that we like to watch on the weekends. 
And so I've been following it rather close, and until literally I pulled up my computer to look up stuff for our podcast today, I hadn't seen that there was any announcement, and then I saw this, and so the PGA Tour announced that, uh, and I just got this off of the uh, pjtour.com website, that they've got a landmark domestic domestic media rights portfolio. So it's a nine-year deal with CBS and NBC, which is Normal. what they've been doing for a long time. But the big change is that uh, Walt Disney Company's ESPN Plus will significantly expand the tour's content offerings, especially online, which is something that I do. I don't have cable. So... I watch everything streaming. I watch everything on apps. I watch everything on something that I pay specifically for. Like, we have CBS All Access. Um, so I can watch all of the CBS coverage on there. Um, and then well, my mom and dad, they've got the NBC stuff. So, you know, we share things back and forth. But with the ESPN Plus, they're going to have all of the PGA Tour live uh, subscription-based content that they had just on their own kind of standalone platform and they're bringing it over to ESPN plus now that starts in 2022 um, so that's going to be something like I'm reading here 30,000 shots that they're going to show every single week additional to the regular CBS or NBC broadcast that's going to be you able to pick the group that you want to follow or a hole that you want to be you know just kind of stationed at and, and following that specific hole um, and just bring more golf content to to the forefront, which that's yeah, awesome is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you know, my biggest gripe is always when this is more a CBS thing than an NBC thing. They just don't get to see any golf. Like right. as I'm watching the thing, I watch one shot, eight minutes of commercial, two shots, eight minutes of commercial, hmm. and I was like, I would pay five bucks a month to ten bucks a month, whatever it is to be able to just see continuous golf shots or, right. you know, feel like I'm getting into a mode or a, or a zone with the game of golf uh, that I'm watching, and I just don't get that. But with this, this could be something that allows me to get into it. I can watch it from my phone. I can watch it from a big flat screen. I can watch it from my computer, and I can kind of be in the round as they're playing and see as many shots as I want to see. So I am stoked about this yeah and i think it's gonna be huge for golf just in general because you know we're just kind of used to getting on the golf channel watching that tournament and then hopefully you know cbs or whoever picks it up and you can watch it on mm-hmm. channel four mm-hmm. or whatever for uh and they only usually do that for the the major events right. and uh so you really don't get to see too much golf unless you have the golf channel so this is i think going to be really big for for golf, getting it more, I'm not going to say, I don't want to say mainstream, but mm-hmm. kind of in that realm where they're making it more available to exactly. people. Exactly. And that's all That's all I ever wanted was just to be able to watch golf. I love golf. I love playing golf. And I want to watch golf, too. I want to watch the best do the thing that I try to, you know, hack and slash at on right. the weekends. And then another curious thing that I saw on there is uh, – the PGA Tour and the Action Network mm-hmm. uh, launched a Golf Bet. Yes. So uh, if you are a better of golf and uh, you want to kind of jump more into that, uh, go to golfbet.com uh, or you can go to the actionnetwork.com uh, forward slash golf 
and you can get on there and you can actually start betting on golf. And I was walk, looking on there, and uh, it's pretty darn interesting to say the least. Hmm. Uh, they show all the history of golf shots, uh, what metrics matter most at TPC Golf uh, Sawgrass, uh, the Players' Championship betting preview, betting odds on the Players' Championship. So if you are a sports better and you want to get more into golf betting, uh, they just made it a little bit easier for you. Yes. So, uh, it's like I said, it's on the Action Network, but uh, it's called Golf Bet. Uh, it's Golf, B-E-T, Bet. And uh, just jump on there, and if you want to uh, start making some bets, then go ahead and jump on there. And hopefully, hopefully... Illinois, Missouri, I think maybe a year or two out from this, but hopefully Illinois in the spring will have um, live online betting. Um, I was just looking at the thing a little bit ago, and it is pending as of right now. And they said potentially in the spring will you be able to make online bets in Illinois. So for us, it's just a quick little drive across the river, right. make your bets, and then <laughs> head on back. Head back over. <laughs> Step two feet into Illinois, make your bet, jump back over that's to Missouri. Exactly what it, what it'll be. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's definitely interesting. I, I've never been a huge better. Um, I've done the little things with the other stuff uh, with football, obviously yeah. more than anything. But uh, there is definitely a market out there for 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 betting on golf, and now, like I said, it just made it easier. So uh, go to golfbet.com and or action. Action, Action Network, Network. Yes. thank you. ActionNetwork.com. Uh, Golf bet. Here, finally I got it right. <laughs> uh, and I'm not being plugged for that either, so you're welcome, uh, Action Network. Uh, daylight savings time just hit. Ugh. I have a two-year-old, so it's been rough. Yeah. But uh, first couple days is a little rough, but I'm mm. so happy it's here. I'm hoping eventually they just get rid of it. Sunshine. And they just keep... Yes. This time, yes. all the way through the season. 100%. Uh, Year-round. Just keep it. So, golf season's basically here now. Yes. Now, obviously, uh, the Masters will be the... The official. That's, that's the official. The official. Welcome to golf season, but uh, now we're starting to get a taste of it mm-hmm. now with the later time. So, uh, if you haven't, and weather is starting to get better all over the country, so... Mm-hmm. Start getting those clubs out and start practicing, everybody. You know, and I, I know you were just in, in California, so and that's a whole nother beast. But, you know, uh, last weekend, myself and a buddy of mine, we played the uh, Missouri Bluffs. And even that course is looking pretty solid yeah. for, you know, being a public golf course. And it was cut back quite a bit, so I found a couple golf balls that I didn't have any right to find. But <laughs> uh, it was good. Yeah, no, when, when played well too. Missouri Bluffs is a great golf course. Uh, if you're not from Missouri or St. Louis, uh, Missouri Golf, uh, Missouri Bluffs Golf Course was one of the first high-end public golf courses in St. Louis mm-hmm. back in '95. Is when it was built, uh, actually by my my father. Yep. I think he plugged that a little bit he on did. the uh, he did. On the last the, podcast. On the last pod- podcast, right? It's a, it's an awesome golf course. Very uh, player-friendly. All the mm-hmm. fairways kind of tend to bleed right back to the middle. So it kind of helps those guys that who hit it a little bit wayward, helps them kind of get back in the middle. Me. Highly suggest playing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't played it in a long time, but uh, definitely suggest going out there to play it. 
So I want to talk a little bit about uh, stat tracking today, mm-hmm. David. Yes. Um, both for golf. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the golf aspect of things. Okay. And then I want you to kind of dive into how someone could be able to not only track nutrition, because I think that's probably the easier aspect of the two. Yes. But the fitness aspect of stat tracking, mm-hmm. um, that is obviously not my forte. It is yours, so I'm going to let you jump into that. But anyway, um, a lot of my students, when they come and see me, the first thing I ask them is, what are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish? Sometimes I get a blank stare, like, oh, my God, why did you just ask me that? I just want everything to be better. Right. Or, you know, some will have actually pretty solid uh, answers. I need to work on my putting or my drives aren't so great or I'm missing fairways or my approach shots aren't that great. But they really never know no. Yeah. So I have all my students. It's a it's a requirement uh, when they start uh, getting lessons from me that they have to keep all their stats for uh, every round, and mm-hmm. then they have to give go. them to me. There we go. And the reason I have them do that is not only does it give me a snapshot of the game that they played, so I can look at their scorecard and say, oh, this is what they did, but it also lets us know deficiencies. Mm-hmm. and what they're actually doing very, very well. Mm-hmm. So that kind of leads into where I'm going to teach them throughout the course of their sessions. So, like, if they are they have 40 putts, obviously I'm going to work, concentrate a little bit more on putting if they're hitting 12 out of 15 fairways. Right. Why am I going to work on their driver unless they're looking for distance if they're hitting drivers right down the middle of the fairway? Conversely, if pro shots and things like that. So... When you do go out, I know it's cumbersome, I know it can get annoying, but to have those stats and understanding your game is just as important as going to the driving range, just as important as getting or not getting a lesson. You know, if you know that you're having putting issues and you have a pretty decent stroke, you can go and understand, okay, I had 40 putts that round. I need to get to the putting green and work mm-hmm. on just getting a little bit more consistent with that. Yep. Or approach shots. So when you have your scorecard, it's super simple. Take an extra if you're with a group. If you're by yourself, then you don't need it. But if you are playing with a group, get an extra scorecard. Mm-hmm. And you're going to write down your scores as you normally would, but then on each on each line underneath that where your name is, Right putts. This is super simple, go. guys. Super simple. And then you're going to record every putt that you make on every hole. Uh, GIR, greens and regulation. Circle if you made it. X if you don't. Now, I like to do, with my students, I'll, put, I'll have them put XL. Mm-hmm. X meaning missed green left. XR, mixed green right. Nice. Now, you can also do XF, X. Missed green front, mm-hmm. XB, mm-hmm. missed green back. But I would probably just start left and right first, unless you're just constantly or consistently short or long and right. not necessarily right. left or right. Uh, fairways hit, same mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, left or right if you miss it. And up and downs. Yeah. So whether or not you're getting up and down. Uh, those stats are a great way to start. I also uh, include penalties in there as well. So that way you can see... You know, if you shot 85, but you had 
seven penalty shots. Right. Well, now we know that you're, you know, every now and then you might have a really bad miss, and we might mm-hmm. have to work on getting con- in control of those misses. Sure. As you get better as a player, then you can start increasing those stats, meaning, you know, bunker shots. Are you getting up and down out of, out of the bunker? Fairway bunker shots. Right. What are you doing with those? Uh, and just get more intricate, you know. Some of my better players, their approach shot, I have them actually put, if they hit the green, how far away were they? Mm. So I'll say zero or an O for, for making the green. And then 30. The 30 stands for 30 feet. Okay. So that way, so let's just say, example, their putts have ballooned. But uh-huh. they're, they're a great putter. Uh-huh. Well, if you're consistently 40, 50, 30 feet away from that green, you're really not going to have a lot of one putts. No. Conversely, you could also, that could, that gets you into potential three putt territory. Mm-hmm. So it's just really good to keep those stats because then when you go down, you know what you need to work on. You're not guessing. You're not just going down the range, firing golf balls, right? doing all kinds of stuff that you don't need to work on when you need to be working on other parts of your game. And then you can just start holding on to the scorecards. You can make an Excel spreadsheet, super simple. Mm-hmm. And then you can start seeing kind of where your deficiencies are. For sure. And like I said, you know, also your strengths. So uh, I do challenge all my listeners to start doing that. You will be amazed on uh, what you potentially sometimes think is a strength could wind up actually being a weakness in your game. Yeah. Um, But I also firmly believe that if you keep that, you understand where you need to work on, and then you'll start getting better. Uh, Now, that everybody's like, you got to get lessons all the time to to get better. And I'm a teacher, and I'm not going to sit here and and – it's going to sound horrible, but I'm not going to always advocate everybody needs to get lessons. Sometimes right. if you just track stats, simple stats, um, you might just be able to get a little bit better on your own mm-hmm. just by understanding where you need to practice and how to practice. So, uh, like I said, I do challenge all everybody who is listening to start keeping stats. Uh, Gen Handicap System, I know it's called – I know it's the World Handicap System now. Right. But, I, you know, I still think they still call it Gen. Yeah. Uh, you can – Download their app, uh, and you can still go in and, and, and do that stuff and put in, you know, fairway hit, yes, and, and so on and so forth. So they can do all that for you as well. So there's multiple ways to go out there, and there's other softwares out there that can do that as well. But uh, definitely get out there and start uh, tracking those stats. And then if you need help, get to your local PGA guy uh, and help him have him help you get better in those areas. For sure. So when we get into fitness and nutrition, like I said, David, a lot of people understand a little bit, probably, mm-hmm. about the nutrition tracking, about tracking your carbs, tracking all that, stuff. all that right. you know, micros and whatever else they're called. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a uh, nutrition expert by any means, so I'll say whatever they're called <laughs> uh, when I don't know what it means. Right. Uh, so, but dive into that a little bit for for our listeners on on that aspect and how it, you know, how can you actually train mm-hmm. and keep stats yes. on what you're trying to accomplish? Correct. So I think, um, and I've talked about this before, but I think when it comes to your, your play on the golf course, how you prepare and how you recover are two of the most important aspects 
when we are playing golf, I'll just use myself as the example here. I have an Apple Watch, and I absolutely love it. Um, I put a GPS, or I put an app that's a GPS golf tracker on there, so it can track my score. I can go in the app, and I usually have the, my phone in my back pocket, and in the app, I can actually make a note section. And so as I'm driving up to the next tee, or when I'm on the next tee box waiting to hit, I make the same thing that you recommended that they do. I say, okay, you know, I make a putt, I make a fairway, and I make a uh, green. Real quick, what app is that? 18 Birdies is the one that I use. 18 Birdies. Uh, so it's got it's got the... Um, another plug. It's Yeah, right, another plug. It's got the GPS tracker, so when I have my phone in my back pocket, I just look at my watch, and it tells me that I'm 158 yards from the middle of the green. Right. And then... It, you know, you can buy the subscription-based version of that, and, and it'll tell you, okay, well, it's, you know, it's 148, but it plays like 168, whether you're uphill, downhill, whatever the case may be. I just use the free version, but there's a little notes section in there as well, and that's where I put the, you know, how many putts I've made or how many putts I've used to get into the hole um, if I hit the fairway and if I hit the green regulation. And I actually do a similar thing that you just suggested. Um, I put green regulation... And if I made it, I just put a, a zero. If I missed it, it's the X, and then it's an XL, XB, X, um, X, um, R, R, um, and then I think for over, which I very rarely have done recently, I just put like an XX. <laughs> um, but, Excuse him. <clears throat> I know. But the, the thing that I also like with the Apple Watch, and I have a client who uses the Fitbit, and there's another thing that I'm very interested in getting. Um, it's called a Whoop, a W-H-O-O-P. Um, are fitness trackers that detail and break down how much you've been moving. My Apple Watch also tracks how much movement I've had, tracks my heart rate, tracks everything. So whenever I get finished with my round of golf, not only do I know my score, not only do I know how many, um, you know, putts I've had in that given uh, round, but I also know how many steps I've made. I know what my average heart rate was throughout my round of golf. I know how I was exercising while I was in that particular round. What the Whoop and what the Fitbit do exceptionally well is they record your recovery record how you sleep. So you wear these things 24-7. The Whoop band um, is actually something that a whole bunch of PGA Tour players are using right now. Um, And they use it simply to know how they are recovering. Uh, You wear it while you're sleeping, and it'll tell you what kind of strain has been put on your body. So it tells you, okay, you got six and a half hours of quality sleep. And it actually gives you a rating of how well you've recovered. Well, if a PJ Tour guy on a Sunday morning and he's one shot back from the lead had a really crappy night's sleep and he didn't recover very well, well, what's the first thing that he needs to do? He needs to get his body energized, he needs to get his body recovered, and he needs to do that before his round of golf takes place. So instead of going into the gym and lifting some weights or instead of going and doing all these other things, he can prioritize his time. He can go get a massage. He can go take a you know Epsom salt bath. He can go do things that are going to prepare his body to do what he needs to do on the golf course. And that is the biggest thing that I would recommend to all our, all of our listeners. You don't have to do the Whoop. You don't have to do the Fitbit. You don't have to do the Apple Watch. You know, but do something 
that is telling you how many steps that you took during that round of golf. Um, I what, what I think I read somewhere it's it's like five miles that an average PGA Tour player will walk during one round of golf. Now, right. most of us we're using golf carts, so we're not going to walk nearly that amount. But just knowing what your heart rate, your average heart rate is, you know. You can, I can go on my app right now and I can break down the last four hours of time and go, oh, at 11.52, my heart rate is like 150. Why was it so high? Oh, that's right. I was over a four-foot putt for birdie and I was shaking out of my boots because, mm-hmm. you know, I had a four-foot putt for birdie. You know, like you can see how your body is adjusting. I am very consider- very seriously considering getting one of these whoop bands because... Um, I want to see for my golf game, but also just for my profession in general, how I recover, how well I'm exercising, what is the strain that I'm putting on my body and the amount of statistics and analytics, analytics that these things hold is absolutely outrageous. I mean, they are tracking your recovery, your strain, they're recovering or they're recording how much sleep you're getting. They are uh, checking HRV, which is a, um, a heart rate variability. So it's how much time is between each heartbeat, uh, which can also lead to how much strain is going on your heart at the moment. Um, it, I mean, it, it, it tracks so many things. And if the, port, uh, the tour player, players are using it, you know, we take their clubs we don't take their practices really how they do that, but um, right. you know we should start trying to take a look at recovery as being the biggest thought process. You know, if you've got a big round of golf, you got a big skins game on a Saturday morning, and you are out Friday night and you were drinking a whole bunch and you didn't get hardly any sleep, and you wake up five minutes before your round of golf and you go and you play, and you look at your app after the fact and it's like, oh, you not only got really bad sleep but you also didn't recover hardly at all while you were sleeping Mm -hmm. and you weren't, you know, your body was kind of taxed a bunch just from recent activity. And then you play bad and you're like, why did I play bad? Well, now we have statistics to back up why our performance is the way that it is, not just what our performances on the golf course and the statistics that we should be keeping anyways, but giving us some kind of hard evidences what is my body actually doing while I'm out on the golf course? Um, and there, are, I mean, like I said, the Whoop bands, the Fitbit, the Apple Watches, all those are great to use. Um, and I mean, like I said, I've I've thought about getting the the Whoop Strap 3.0. I think is what the newest one is. Um, but you know, it's going to huh. be tough to get me out of my Apple Watch. I really like this thing. Right, and I don't know, like, do you? If you have an Apple Watch, do you need the Whoop? Is it just additional thing? So I don't, I don't, because the Apple Watch battery doesn't last for two whole days. I mean, you can probably stretch it to that, um, but it's not going to last two whole days with you wearing it all day, all night, and using it, playing a round of golf. It's just not going to last that long. Whereas these Whoop bands, the Fitbits, all these other kind of more dedicated to fitness trackers, they, you know, they last for four, five, six, I think some of the Fitbits can last up to like eight or nine days without having to hmm. be charged. So, you know, these guys who are playing around in golf, they're never worried about their Whoop or their Fitbit dying on them because 
they've they've you know it's going to last the whole entire weekend easily right. um and it doesn't charge very long whereas my apple watch yes i'm getting gps coordinates and i'm getting stat tracking and i'm getting all that stuff with it and it's tracking my heart rate and my steps to a degree um i'm never going to get my recovery statistics from that as well like i don't wear my apple watch while i sleep when i had a fitbit i wore, I wore that while i slept um and it told me like how well or how you know bad, poorly i slept um but the and so that's kind of the, the difference the apple watch can kind of combine both of our thought processes where i can get my on-course statistics and analytics and a little bit of my fitness statistics Whereas the Whoop and Fitbit are more um, fitness related, purely fitness related, um, but also getting more of the recovery aspect of it, and not so much with golf statistic analytics as right. well. Right. Now, if someone like didn't want to buy the Whoop, mm-hmm. get a Fitbit, mm-hmm. um, didn't want to have a personal trainer, right. which I suggest that you do <laughs> at certain points, but if they just wanted to kind of go and start working out but they wanted to is there a way to is there something that you can do to check like oh i'm getting i should be working on this instead of this um hmm. that's a tough one just simply because if you're working out on your own which i still i have all of my clients working out on their own um if you're working on your own it's really difficult to kind of match performance and general fitness. Whereas, like, if you are like, all right, I've been walking a lot more on the golf course, so I need to build up my endurance. Well, how do you track your your endurance level? You could go onto a treadmill and say, okay, I'm going to walk for one hour, or I'm going to try to get X amount of distance in one hour. And then from there, you can track, okay, well, in three weeks from now, I'm going to try to get farther in distance in that one hour time span. And then from there, you can keep a journal where you're saying, okay, cool. I did in one hour, I got, you know, a half a mile longer. Um, My heart rate was slightly lower overall, which, you know, most treadmills have heart rate monitors where you can grab little metal pieces and it tells you what your heart rate is, but then you got to track it while you're walking. Um, and then you can write down in a journal or in your phone or in something where you're like, all right, this is how I felt afterwards. I felt reinvigorated or I felt just really, really tired, whatever the case may be. There are ways to track it, but it's less objective and more, you know, subjective to the person that right. is, is doing it at that moment. Because um, I know, like, most of it's just I'm, I'm 180 pounds and I want to get to 160. Right. But then there again, look but, at look at Bryson, for example. Like he put on like twenty-five pounds of muscle. Right. And his performance increased. So if and I'm sure you've told people this, like, okay, cool, you early extend, but is that a swing fault or is that a swing characteristic? Kind of going right. to our TPA TPI days. Um, is it something that is made up specifically for your swing? Or is it something that's made up as a a fault in the sequence. Right. And for some people, you take 20 pounds away from somebody, they're going to lose distance because they're not going to have the strength behind it that they normally have. Now, I would say that out of every single, let's just use bogey member, 
if you put somebody out there who really could lose 20 pounds, that's always going to benefit them, always. Um, so even losing weight could be used as a, as a metric as well for weight loss or for um, fitness statistics. Um, but you, I think it would be case by case. Hmm. And, uh, you know, just to top on that with people trying to lose weight, um, and I've ran into a couple of times too where when I'm working out and, like, my number one goal is I want to lose 20 pounds, but you're sitting there working out and you're doing things, and obviously muscle weighs way more than, than, than fat does, right? Right, right. So you're, you're, you're building, and then you get on that scale, and you're like, I only lost 10 pounds, but mm. I look how much better I look. Exactly. So sometimes you got to take that weight loss with a grain of salt. If you're you know, just totally dedicated just to losing weight, um, then I guess you would kind of shy away from more less weight training and more endurance stuff or weight training is always going to be important just simply because if we want to be stronger, if we want to perform in any way, shape or form, if we want to lose weight as in, in the long run, the more muscle we have in our body, the easier it is. It's going to lose. It is going to be to lose weight. Simple as that. Um, so doing even body weight squats, push-ups, you know, things like that. You don't have to get underneath a bar and deadlift and squat and bench press and all that fine stuff. You can lose weight by doing push-ups and body weight squats and running and all those other things. Um, a, it's harder to do it that way. But B, as golfers, we want to be overall fit. It's It's less of a... You want to be explosive, but you want to be explosive for half of a second, yeah. 18, or hopefully less than 90 times in a round, you right. know, hopefully like, you know, 70 something times in a round. Um, so it's, it's less about being really super hyper strong, but then at the same time, if you're only focused on endurance, then you're going to lose some of that distance. And you're gonna lose some of your accuracy in a when you start getting to your longer distances, like a 200 yard shot or 190 yard shot. Um, it'll be a little more of a struggle to get there. Mm. Um, balance is, and I mean balance in the sense of just like being able to balance your body, but then also balance in exercise, balance in explosive plyometric work balance in endurance strength training having a good kind of ratio of all that stuff is going to be the best outlook to for your overall fitness and you can always track that all right i did 25 push-ups today that was the most that i could do all right two weeks from now i did 35 push-ups i'm getting stronger now does a push-up directly relate to your performance on a golf course depending on if you're a man or a woman, depending on your age, depending on a lot of other factors, yes, it could. But more right. often than not, you know, I can do a whole bunch of push-ups. I'm still like a 12, 13 handicap. So, right. you know, like it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be a better golfer because you can do more push-ups either. Right. So. Huh. Well, that's interesting. And then uh, obviously there's so much with nutrition and uh, – and all that, and there's so much information out there. Some of it's not good, I'm sure. Just like oh, yeah. golf, there's there's all some information that's not good. Um, so you just got to be careful when you look up on the internet. Just make sure you're getting your sources uh, from reputable places. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, and same thing with golf. You know, if you're looking up swings on on the internet, whether that's YouTube or or areas, just make sure that you're going and finding the right things. If you're not 100% sure, like I said, always go back to your PGA, PGA guy uh, in your area and just kind of confirm uh, what you're wanting to try to do and uh, what you're finding is actually on point and right. what you're what you really want. Right, for sure. So um, I'm glad I'm back. I'm glad I'm back in uh, St. Mm-hmm. Louis area. Uh, we will be doing a few more interviews. Those will be coming up. I'll, we'll announce those uh, probably next week. Uh, kind of give you a little bit of a lineup on uh, who we'll be interviewing. Um, on that note, have a great rest of the week, uh, and we will see you next week. See you guys.